Hello and welcome to Touchline from Casper Els and Mark Cameron. Hello Mark. Cas, nice seeing you again. Yeah, definitely nice being being back here. Let's um let's talk about our very first episode. The very first one we did on Touchline, the 20th of July 2020. Tell me a little bit about that one, Mark. You had you had a bit of a story about that. <laughs> Now, obviously, being being the first one that we had in studio, uh, obviously it was uh, a normal recording, yeah. and uh, I'll still remember it clearly as if it was yesterday, um, where you and I sat in the studio, hands were sweating, and so on and so forth, because we didn't know what to say, when to say, and how to say, but as you always say, I've got a lot to say, um, but there I was taken out of my comfort zone a little bit, and uh, 85 episodes later, we're here, and it's... Just come natural and something well, that we enjoyed. Well, at least you only had shiny or, or, or sweaty <laughs> palms. I had an extra shiny void. Correct. Yeah, um, so and that was with it, that was without the lights. Without the lights, <laughs> and, and that was brilliant. <laughs> now, from from there, we we moved on to a, a couple of series that we we discussed. Um, the first one we started with was um, positional play um, in 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 a rugby team. Um, what each position represent and um, our coach will pick a player for that that position and we had some some good and 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 some some very strong coaches in in the studio yeah. with yeah. us um, by the names of Robin Swanepoel, Jeff Harper, um, Donald Nguenya and yours truly um, and you guys discussed the positions. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, obviously that came about um, from a club perspective, something that we wanted to do and we wanted to then let the listeners yeah. understand and see yes. see what it's about. Obviously they couldn't see physically like, like we're on air now. Um, and it obviously was a, the brainchild of our station manager. And uh, yeah, we, we had, that actually happened over a couple of weeks. It did. Uh, yeah. Because we did, position yes. specific and we brought players in we brought club coaches in um, to chat about that and um, you know we talked about Donald Nguenya he's the varsity varsity KZN varsity shield coach yes um, and then yeah as you said there's some astute coaches from from premier divisions and it was nice to give uh, listeners the insight as to what the coach looks for and who they will back when they make selections it was all about the physical attributes and, 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 and what you physically look in a player, but not only mm. that, what his, um, his skills abilities are and, and, and um, where he fits in. Also speed, something like speed plays Correct. a role. Um, explain so, that a little bit. So part of that was, let's say it's a kicking game for argument's sake, how tall your, your back three needs to be yes. and how skilled your players are nowadays. Then you look at your left wing and your right wing, certain coaches still prefer um, selecting a specific winger that's maybe left-footed or right-footed or you pass better left or right so that depending on where you play and then your fullback that communicates well and your centers and it's all got to do with size maybe and there's so so many different aspects that you have a look at but coaches are different and i think when we went through that series it actually put selecting a player and what coaches look for um, in a different light so our listeners then could could understand as to what it's about but yes. as we saw throughout the series a lot of a lot of whatever coaches look for are the same throughout 
Yes. But coaches differ slightly, and I think that's what makes this game so wonderful as well because different sizes, shapes, and forms, um, everyone can play this game, and the coaches prove that. And then you spoke <laughs> about some of the players that were here with us, um, like a Kevin Buck, um, Gareth Bredenham, um, Jack Sevens, Sevis? Sevis. Sevis. Yeah. <laughs> I could never get that one right. <laughs> I even battled them. <laughs> and then uh, Marco Marie, um, some, some good players. Some yes. of them battling with the English a little bit. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, Bless no, him. for sure. Uh, you know, obviously all those players that you mentioned were all Premier Division players and yes. they, they were obviously brought in as well to talk about their, their specific their position. Specific position. Yeah. So as the coaches explained, um, these players could say, well, this is how they do it and, and, yes. and you know, how they react to certain things. So well, It was um, actually a pity that we had, didn't have the visuals then because... Um, if you looked at the, the physical attributes that the coaches play, uh, uh, were talking about and you looked at the players, especially like a Kevin Buck um, playing what, playing what, hooker what, now. What about him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> playing no. hooker now yes. and, and, and you've listened to what the coaches says, <clears throat> said as, as physical attributes for a hooker mm. and you looked at Kevin physically, I mean, he, he, he fitted that role perfectly. Yeah, he's slightly bigger than I am, so... Um Oh, just a little bit. <laughs> no, I agree. And at the time when we spoke to him, he was playing flank. He was playing flank. But he's yeah. a traditional hooker and he's yeah, and once again like the like the coaches then said, um a flanker and a and a and a, and a, a hooker same. If you look at what this what the, the stormers are doing now mm. with um uh, Dion, mm. um it, it's exactly the same. Yeah, he no. played hooker for a very long time and now he's a brilliant, brilliant flanker. So yeah, it's no, for more sure. or less the same. So it's exactly what the coaches said. Mm. Yeah, your traditional, your traditional two of yesteryear has obviously changed to, to the hookers that we have now. You have more mobile hookers, same as you have yes. props and whatever. But yeah, no, Kevin Buck fitted that role well. I mean, he went on to to captain the, his club and provincial yes. side. 100%. You know, so from flank, although he was oh. a hooker. So, no, agreed. Yeah, and then obviously you won't pick a Dan von Sale to play um, lock. Well, it depends on what your side looks like. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. not. Having not. said that, though, yeah. some, some coaches are quite clever, so he might not play lock, but they'll use your bigger guys to lift him in the lineouts. You, you see. Know, because yeah. it could be an option. So, <laughs> Then then we had some, uh, we, we had a, a bit of a series about coaches and coaching, where we still spoke to, to those coaches mm. and, and, and our coaching works and. Mm why you do certain things and, and why you don't do other things, how you motivate your players, why you motivate okay. your players. Um, tell us a bit about that series. Well, that was actually quite a nice one because we had all the coaches in at the same time. Yes. We all sat. We had the um, so, same coaches that you just referred to, but obviously yes. we had them in the panel. Um, and then with all of them, it was actually nice because there was a, there was a nice positive club debate. Yes as to how you select and what you do and now you speak to each other and you think slightly different you know yes. but as i said previously most of them were all on par with selection um you know then as well what you get and and the viewers will will vouch for this or the coaching viewers out there will vouch for this depending on the level that you play at some clubs and schools battle with numbers so yes. you have to play a specific player although you might not want to because he hasn't come down to training or he might not fit the mold that you really want him to play in. But because that's what you have, you have yes. to adapt to that. And obviously then your coaching ability comes in because you need to teach that guy as to how 
to do certain things. Yeah. So if you have a Dan von Sailor's your only lock, you will play him? At flank, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quite good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that was that was very interesting to mm. listen to the to the mm. coaches and how they do and how each each one of them um, approached the game differently. A um, little bit of tweaks. There was a lot of similarities, um, but there were all also a lot of differences in how they approached. And you could also hear that the personalities come through as well. Correct. What was nice for me about that is all the coaches that sat around the table, barring yourself as a non-coach. Yes. Um, were all at some stage opposition yes and what was good about this is that all of us shared information nothing was held back 100%, um, yes. although we opposition on a saturday there because it's like a coaching forum everyone had their say and we actually learned from each other there's some coaches that have been coaching for years some maybe not that long different yes. levels but we all opened up and, and that's what's great about coaches all around. You obviously do find the odd coach yes. that keeps back. But uh, in KZN, yeah, in, in, in the Durban Durban region, as we saw luckily, then. Luckily, we didn't have any one of those coaches all no, back No, 100%. And, and that's and what were, we should do. We should be yeah, giving. They were all f <clears throat> quite willing to, to share their, their knowledge and share their personalities no, sure. as well. Um, to show us what they, what they want and tell us what they want and how they do it and why they do certain things. Well, sure, and that's what it's about because, you know, yes, it's comp competitive, but uh, you need to share your knowledge for, for younger yes. coaches coming I through to so. learn. If we don't, then it's a battle. And I think, I think we, we achieved what we wanted to, to achieve to, to show our listeners um, what the coaches are, are all about, um, how they think, um, sure. why, they, why they make certain um, selections, why, why not certain selections, um, and that together with the positional play, um, how they think about or, or, or what they're looking for in a player, uh, physical attributes, um, skill levels, all of that, bringing those two together and then um, analyzing how they think and how they do things and, mm. and, and why they make certain decisions just made, yeah, it, sure. made it so much easier to understand. Yeah, and it, I mean, myself, I mean, I've been coaching for, for, for a long time, but what was good, yeah, you had forwards coaches, you had backline coaches, backline, you yes. had front row coaches, you had uh, second row coaches yeah. um, and players and you as a backline coach, obviously, uh, I learned quite a bit from them and uh, from even from the other backline coaches, you know, so yeah. that's why it's always it's always nice to, to spend time with quality coaches as well, because you learn a heck of a lot from them. Yes, you definitely do. Then um, moving on to some of our, our studio guests, um, mm. or let's call it all of our studio guests. Um, in there, there were also a couple of coaches. For sure. Dan, I'm going to throw you into this one again. Um, we're starting, let's start with Dan von Sale. Um, good friend of yours, um, Academy of, of Ireland, yeah. Rugby Academy of Ireland. Yeah. Um, he also did quite a bit. And he, and he, and he, he also openly shared his, his sure. view and, yeah. and his, his uh, coaching experience mm. and what he actually wants from a player as well as a coach. Correct. Look, we were fortunate enough to, to have him in a Mamsam Toti at a Mamsam Toti rugby club. Yeah. When he, shame, he actually came on holiday to visit f family and we hijacked him to, to come and give a session there. And yet again, he was here, he was on holiday in his private capacity, but came to the club as the Rugby Academy Island. And um, the knowledge that he shared there with the players, even the coaching staff, was phenomenal and uh, 
you know, that's what you give back to rugby at the end of the day. And what was interesting there is how the people in Ireland do it compared to the South Africans. And there you actually learn quite a lot as well. You know, when I was in Ireland with them, um, it's phenomenal as to what you learn. What did you take from Dan van Sale in his interview? Well, firstly, he's a, he's a rugby person, you know, and um, like we all are, we, we ooze rugby and we want to give back. But with him specifically, he's, he's not one of those people that's played for the box and he's done this and he's done that. He's prepared to share. He's, he's willing to, to assist where he can. And he just wants to see rugby flourish as well. And like with his Rugby Academy Island, um, they've had how many players going through Rugby Academy Island that are successful because of what life, they want to impart. A life lesson from Dan to our viewers. A life lesson from Dan. Well, I think part of that is uh, don't, don't stagnate. Um, look around and, and see how you can improve and change certain things. Just don't go with the flow. Impart whatever you want out of it, but learn from the rest. And just to bring his person into it, um, he's one of those people's persons. Um, he's a lovely person to, to chat and to communicate with. And I think from a coaching point of view, a lot of times we are not like that. We are, it's my way and my way only, and he's totally different. Let's talk about <coughs> Neil Powell, um, our yeah. sevens, current sevens um, coach. Yeah. Your impression? Well, firstly, I don't want to be him now. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a, a battle this yeah, last, a battle. last few, few tournaments, and, and Neil, we feel for you, yeah. um, especially, especially now that that's his end in his career with yes. the Sevens. You know, this is the last, the last place that one wants to be. But him being the coach that he is, I mean, if it if it wasn't for him, and obviously SA Rugby's vision to get him into that. Um, with the dynamics behind it and how he's changed Stevens rugby throughout the world, not only in South Africa, mm. um, and his positive attitude and whatever. When he was in studio, when we spoke to him, um, you know, I even throw, threw him under the bus and I asked him specific questions. But that's the type of person that he is. He's more than willing to help yet again um, and to impart. And part of him is the ethos and the self-belief that he has put into SA Rugby 7 specifically. Yeah. And with him finishing, hopefully, in a World Cup win at the end of the year uh, for the box and, and bringing that to the Sharks, we'll see that there as well. So he himself, is, and the players play for him. They love him to bits. Life lesson out of Neil Powell. Okay, can I ask you that question? Yes. That, uh, you're no, come on. Me all the questions. You, you're the coach. I'm no, gonna throw you under the bus now. You had all these guys under the bus. No, my my life lesson with him is is his positivity and his and yeah. his no nonsense no nonsense attitude that he has. I think the biggest thing I took from Dan was the way he brought his team together. Yeah, no percent. That whole culture that he created within that sevens team and, and how everybody or all the players just wanted to play for him. And I think what's important there, and you don't find it, you know, I was fortunate enough to speak to uh, the Zimbabwean sevens coach, Graham, and um, with him, he wanted to do and mould the Zimbabwean sevens exactly the same as what Neil Pell did for yeah. the Springbok sevens. Um, he wanted them to stay together they became a well. He wanted them to become a family like the Sevens, and that's part of. Part, you know, you can't you can't look at them currently in the last in the last tournament 
and maybe the previous one as to where we are at. They are such a close-knit family, all the sevens and their families and whatever the case may be, they all stay in, in Cape Town, um, and that is what he imparted on that. You know, And the players yes. want to play for each other. There's no difference, and, and, and we, are, we were fortunate enough to speak to Devald Iman in studio, yes. and he himself said, it's an honor to put that jersey on, whether you're in the side honor. or not. Definitely. We all know what we have to do and where we have to go, but if you don't play and your brother plays ahead of you, we back them. And, yes. and that is the nice culture that has come out of that. Then, um, female coach? Oh, she Marlies, was brilliant, wasn't she? Marlies van der Merwe. Yeah, she was, she was a superstar. She was our first lady Yes. Um, from the Free State, obviously, and she's doing wonderful work. Um, the Free State, I think they're blessed to have her. Um, she, I think South African rugby. Yeah, yeah, South no, Africa's in general. To have no, one somebody like her in the mold, in that mix, to show what women can do in South African 100%. rugby. If you, other than other than her TMO work and, and yes. refereeing and whatever, well, she, she does, did it all. I mean, no, from and playing, playing and, and refereeing and. But where she's she is, at, where she is at now, um, you know, if you're fortunate enough to follow her on Facebook. You can see weekly how yes. she's pushing for the ladies to get involved. And if you yes. look at that group over there, that part of Collegians as well, that group is getting bigger and bigger and bigger yes. and bigger. And uh, obviously she's not on her own. Yeah. There's many people working with her and behind the scenes and whatever, but she's doing a phenomenal job. And, you know, if we could just have, whether you're male or female, immaterial, but many coaches like that mm. to have the passion and the drive to be successful in what you're doing, then South African rugby will definitely be on the up. And well done to, to my I niece. think one thing that I took from her mm. when we spoke to her is her positivity. Yeah. And and, and, and she just she just oozes positivity. Mm. And, and you can feel it in in anything and everything she said yeah, was just no, positive. Um, I think I can't remember anything that she said that wasn't positive. In You in know, anyway. I also think part of Look, if you look at a, a rugby career, and I'm, and I'm putting everything in a nutshell now, it's not only playing, it's not only refereeing, it's not only whatever it is, mm. all of that. She thrives on the opportunity she to does. get these ladies involved yeah. again. You know, she, she is a, as a nice Afrikaans word, is a cunny do it. Yes. Um, she, I don't think she'll accept anything less than success. Um, no. There might be stumbling blocks and whatever. But uh, she, I, I mean, but and, once and again, through a positivity, yeah, that yeah, stumbling block just becomes another opportunity, and, and she, you she can will, see she will that drive it. And all the ladies that has been recruited and where they are going at the Free State, with that, you know, yes. if if whether they do or not, I'm not sure. But if you go on Facebook, you don't see many of the unions, other unions in the country, driving club rugby, yeah. ladies club rugby, like I see her doing at the Cheetahs, and it's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Then, if we can go to. Um, some of our international coaches that we have. Yeah. John Mitchell. Yeah. What a character. <laughs> no, for sure. I was fortunate enough when he was in South Africa to coach with him. Yeah. Um, tough coach. Yes. Drives, drives. Tough human being. Drives hard. If you look at most of your coaches in the world, they are the tough ones that are, yeah. that are successful. You know, so you look at him, you look at Eddie Jones and all those. Just, no nonsense coaches this is how it must happen um he's he's been to a few places before he himself uh, as i said i was fortunate to, to coach with him when he was here 
Um, being a Kiwi, yep. obviously there's lots of tradition and, and, and rugby is, is in their blood like it is ours. Um, yeah, it was it was nice chatting to him too. Yeah. What did you take from his interview? Well, specifically, as I said, no, he, he's a hard man. Look, he loves rugby and I think the passion out of that, yeah. I mean, he's, he's in the other side of 50 like we most of us are, but you don't often get the feeling out of him that it's time to, to give up. Give up, yeah. That's a, that's a give thing. And I think if you look at his passion and his love for rugby, he just wants to be involved with the players and, and, yeah. and you know, certain things. I think for him, though, um, being where he's come from, he needs to be in a leading role somewhere yeah. um, and not work with someone, if it makes sense what I'm saying. Yeah. But a wonderful character. And then if we can put the two Sean's together, <laughs> Sean Erasmus from the Lions and Sean Everett from the Sharks, um, yeah. two totally different people, different characters. Yeah, I think so. I've been fortunate enough to, to know Sean Erasmus from a club perspective. Uh, yeah. We coached together at Harlequins in, in Durban for many years or many years ago. Uh, that's where I met him. Um, wonderful rugby brain. Obviously, you got the opportunity to go to the Lions yeah. um, only for a season or two, and then there were changes, and he's gone back to school in, in, in the Cape, Boshai, very successful, SA under-20, SA under-18 coach, um, very successful, and passion as well. He oozes passion. Yeah. Um, Sean Everett, I've known for, for a number well, of years. As now well. you've got to be careful, huh? He's close by. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Um, <laughs> no, I've known him for a number of years. He himself, very meticulous in his planning yes. and what he wants and where he wants to go. Um, I just think, like now with the Sharks, with all our Springboks that we have, yes. South African rugby public is very critical to certain things. And I see in, in, in media, he himself is being taken on. I don't always think that it's fair. Being a coach myself, I know what it feels like. You do whatever you can with whoever you have with you and for whatever you have in front of you. Having said that, he's got quality players, um, but he's also like that. He played the game many years ago at Rovers, came through the ranks, um, coached the juniors and under 20s up to, to uh, yes. Curry Cup and obviously now in, in the URC. Uh, wonderful credentials and... and yeah, who knows what will happen in the, in the future, but he's a, he's a wonderful coach and he, it won't stop. I don't uh, tell definitely you. won't stop. International coach now, uh, Floxelia. <laughs> yeah, he was, he, was a, he was a character in, him, in himself. Yes. Um, I remember when he came on air, he spoke to us in France. Um, yeah. or in, uh, from in France. French, yeah. From France in his French accent. Yeah. Um, he, interesting with him though, um, obviously, Flock Scorpus is, is his passion yeah, yeah. and he does wonderful work for underprivileged kids um, throughout the country. Uh, he obviously is the, is the national kicking coach for France. Yeah. And um, like all of them, when he was here, he still had to try and study to, to speak the language properly because that's how they communicate in France with their yeah. players. You know? So we all think it's, it's all wonderful to go there, but you still have certain other things and studying as part of it. So you, you, need to, to you need to understand and give him credit. He has done so well with the French guys in the sense of kicking out of hand, yes. drop goals, kicking for touch, kicking at poles. And I mean, it's, it's shown over the, over the last few test matches and now he's back in South Africa and um, he's going to, to schoolboys rugby and teaching them certain yes. things. So it's a never stop 
set up with him and he does phenomenal work gary gold yeah it was actually it was actually nice chatting to gary i think uh gary uh actually outspoke me he <laughs> no no gary gary could do it but i think what i took from gary is his his calmness how calm he is um if you look at gary physically and you see him on tv and and he, he tends to to project a, a very tough um aggressive type of personality but when you speak to him he's he's actually very calm and he's He's collected. He, he he knows what he wants, and he and he knows how to get it. Look, you, as we said, some of your better coaches are firm and and yes. drivers like the Eddie Joneses, you know, and so we can carry on. They've all been successful somewhere along the line. John Mitchell's, um, Jake White, all of those are like that. I think a guy like Gary Gold, part of him fits in the same mold as Neil Bell. Yeah. Neil Pell, we had this discussion with him on the on the air as well. Where we said the commentators always say he looks so serious and whatever, and he said no, that's a that's a negative of his because he needs to try and get away with it. Even his wife spoke about it, but that doesn't mean they they not pleasant people or whatever, yeah. you know. And Gary Gold, when he was in yeah, that passion that he showed for for American rugby um, and where they had to go through and. One would now think they play international rugby until he spoke about behind the scenes and when yes. they get their players yeah. together and how they go. How they go For a coach it. like that to come from a Springbok setup into a head coach position with the USA and then having to battle to get your players together where, and where still. It's almost an amateur type of setup. And then obviously when they played against New Zealand, we spoke yes. about that and he knew what was going to happen. Yes. Um, yet he had to stay cool, calm and collective and he had to make certain things happen. But when we spoke, we said, because they had now played New Zealand, they knew what the intensity level had to be like yes, and so 100%. forth. So it makes it very difficult, you know. So, But yeah, he was a wonderful then, uh, person. Then on, if we can move on to um, Ricardo Lopesha, Dick Muir. Well, I've also been fortunate to, to work with them, uh, especially with Dick a few years ago. Um, they too are, are rugby brains and rugby personalities. Yeah. Um, Dick Muir, very, very technical person. Um, you know, and he's done well. He went to, to Russia to coach the, the Russian as the head coach there. And unfortunately, because of the, the war, the war that broke um, up, it yeah. stopped. And then uh, Ricardo Lopesha, we I think we had him in studio twice. twice yes. Um, the first time being at the Cheetahs in yes. the academy there. And then the second, second time, times. obviously, being with the Lions. With the Lions, yeah. And, um, you know, yet again, also one of those cool, calm and collective, yes. I don't know, as a coach though, uh, but in studio. <laughs> and then uh, when I met, when he was here with the Sharks as well, that's that's the type of person that he was. Um, and and when he moved to the Lions, he moved to a struggling Lions team. Yes. And, you know, he spoke about, just give us time, you'll see us change and whatever. And we did see that in the first game in the URC, yes. um, where they beat the opposition. And then I think the wheels came off a little bit. But you can see now with Albert van der Berg and with him there and all the new coaches, uh, Jacques Fourier that is there, um, things have started changing. They you know, definitely and do. Nothing more than this past weekend. You know, you can see we're definitely on the up and uh, hopefully they will let these guys impart some of their knowledge to the balance. <coughs> yes. Sorry, to the balance of the line setup. <coughs> Before we carry on with the rugby players, we had two athletes in the studio as well believe it or not <laughs> one olympian and one paralympian um olympian in um jason van rooyen in shot put and uh 
we had our own local um, Tyrone play as a Paralympian, also at shot put. Yeah. Both of them doing very well in their respective disciplines and, and at the, the two uh, Olympic Games. Um, I think out of everybody that we spoke to, I think those two athletes gave us the most in in life lessons. If you hear what they have to do mm. and, and, and what they go through to actually get to the Olympics is phenomenal. Um, your take on those two? Well, firstly, and this is just how it is, um, you know, you normally judge a book by its cover. Yes. And uh, when they were in studio with us, we, we brought them in. Obviously, we're a rugby show. Yeah. And we brought them in from a from an athletics point of view. Yes. And what stood out for me, and this is rugby, um, that they were both passionate followers of rugby. Yes. And they actually knew quite a bit about rugby. Yeah. Um, but what stood out for me there is just their determination as to where they wanted to be or where they wanted to go. Yeah. You know, in rugby often um, there's lots of money involved in rugby and players yes. getting paid and your accommodation being paid and training being paid and you've got this and that where, where these guys more often than not need to fend for themselves and yeah, they sponsors and, yeah. and whatever, you know. And then what you also need to have a look, have a look at is the time that they actually put in Yes. To make sure they qualify to go to the Olympics or wherever they had to go, their times and the many hours a day that they actually needed to spend in the training field. They didn't let funds stop them because it's the end yeah. result that was important for them, you know. And both of them said they weren't as successful at the Olympics that they would have liked to. They didn't take that and the financial aspect of it to say, mm, we might not be at the next Olympics. Both of them said, the next Olympics, that's where they want to go to. And it's all planning and that started now. So um, Tyron, specifically from a motivational speaker point of yes. view, he was absolutely phenomenal. He and was. I remember that night that we sat in yeah. studio with him. He actually joined us physically in yes. studio. And I just listened to this guy and I thought, wow. It from was a rugby wow. perspective, if, yes. if, if we had more players and administrators with his type of attitude, we would actually go along. I way. almost want to go as far as to say that if 25% of our players and administrators have got the heart that he showed, okay, rugby will be the sport all over yeah, the world. Yeah, and, and I say this with respect. Yes. He's a, he's a Paralympian. Yes. He's a non-able body, yeah. you know, so, um, and yet passion for what he's doing, passion for people, he's motivating circumstances that motivate him to do certain yeah, things that's phenomenal and i think we can we can take a lot out of out of their interviews that we had 100 percent. let's go to the last coach that we spoke to fellow shangweni i know you know fellow quite well mm. um you coached with him you coached him yeah you <laughs> actually coached him i was fortunate um, enough yeah yes. i think he's also one of those those coaches that that almost move under the radar you, you, you don't see or hear mm. much about him, but he, he goes goes about his business. He does what he's supposed mm. to do. Mm. And he's also phenomenal to speak to. Um, mm. He knows his game. He knows what he wants to do. Um, you know him. Tell us about him. Well, as a rugby player, he was he was decent yeah. himself. You know, he played he played sub-union rugby. Yeah, he was he was matric he matriculated out of DHS, Durban High School. Um, played first side there, so I mean that in itself is a is a massive yeah. achievement. Um, 
but as we know, the pip, rugby is his, is his passion and conditioning is his, is his passion for that side of it. Yeah. Um, what is important, and, and that's something that listeners and, and viewers and your general public don't realize, you know, if, if we're sitting here, you might be the head coach and I'm the assistant coach. That is what people focus on. Not really me even. They focus on you. Yeah. Yet there are so many people behind the scenes that make things happen. And he's one of them. He's, you know, he's them. your strength and conditioning coach. You yeah. get your baggage master. You get whatever, the guy that arranges your accommodation, your tours and so forth. And then you have your manager. So the head coach is, is just the spokesperson maybe yeah. because all the interviews go that way. But what was interesting with him, and he's still relatively young, um, what was interesting in his discussion, a lot of what he said referred back to what the head coaches and the coaches yes. want. But there's a certain time where he calls the shots, yes. regardless of whether he's seen as a no. conditioning coach or an assistant or whatever. It's his time and what he wants, um, pre-season more so. In-season, although he, he, he tells the coaches, this and high intensity, this or whatever you do, but this is what I still want. And uh, that is important to me. It yes. just shows you, regardless of where you are at, um, every single person involved there has an equal role to play, although one person yes. obviously takes all the flack if, it's, if that's what comes your way. But the, every single one has a role to play in fitness, in conditioning, in skills, in well, making sure things are done. The buck's got to stop somewhere, and that's Correct. normally with the head coach, yeah. but every single coach that's involved there got to play his role. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> and then if you look at him as well, like maybe if you go the older coaches, maybe... Maybe their ambition to to go somewhere isn't isn't as yeah. focused as fellows. Yeah. I mean, he clearly said, and he's been part of this now. He went through the Curry Cup, came through the Sharks, went to the Western Province. Um, he wants to be involved at a higher level, and yes. uh, that is his drive. and uh, And it's great, and it's and it's good to see the youngsters coming through. If we quickly can talk about some of the the players that we spoke to, or ex players, if we can call couple of names, um, Eugene Mayer, uh, Stefan Terblanche, um, Evan Roos, current. current player, yeah, he's a current player. Um, from, a, from a player's perspective, if you think about Eugene and, and, and Stefan that, that played, um, Stefan at the highest level possible, Eugene played Super Rugby, um, and now um, Evan Roos. Evan Roos. Mm -hmm. um, all humble, all very humble in what they do. All for sure. Um, some of the best players that I've seen, those names, um, but still humble, um, very focused in their lives. Um, I think Eugene Mayer, if it wasn't for his lovely wife, I think he would have fallen off the bus. <laughs> Gina, that's just for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And then a guy like Stefan talking to him, um, that passion that he, that he spoke with, um, the drive that he still got being involved in the legends, what they do at the legends, how they, they, um, they structure it, um, how they deal with the, with, the, with the development, with the kids. Um, it's just phenomenal to see those ex-players still involved with, with rugby, number one, and then number two is how they, they conduct themselves throughout their lives. And then a youngster like Ivan um, that's now coming up and, 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 and the respect and the um, humbleness that he spoke with. Well, what stood out, obviously, it's all three different eras that yes. you're referring to as well. Yeah. And uh, yet, yet, 
the basics or whatever they spoke to was exactly, exactly the, the same. same. Yes, um, and that was quite important, you know. And then you look at Eugene. I mean, his son plays rugby yes. overseas. Yeah. Um, when he spoke, he spoke passionately about his son, yes. all the backing, but it's yeah. their life. They need to do what they need to do. Um, then you look at a guy like like um, uh, Stefan de Blanche. Yes. That guy is absolutely phenomenal. You know, if you look at him now, I think he can still play rugby. He's still, he's still <laughs> built like a proper rugby player. I think physically, physically he'll be able to. <laughs> yeah, and no, mentally he will still So <laughs> um, if you look at him, he oozes fitness and he, he has to eat the right stuff. And, uh, you know, if you look at That's him, That's why you I said to him, do not post any, anything <laughs> on Facebook. it makes you bad, feel bad. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> and, you know, it's all rugby players when they retire aren't like that. Yes. Obviously, we understand that. But I mean, and and then when you spoke about it with him, he spoke about club rugby, he spoke about schoolboy rugby, but you know, so he's still involved and he knows what's happening around him. And he even came up with his own suggestions as to what he thought. Yeah. And then a guy like Ivan, we had him in studio twice as well. Um, once uh, was a little bit of a, a hiccup with a, with a load yes. shedding and whatever the case might be, but he himself, you know. Yeah. He spoke, and that's just when he came onto the radar as well, where we said SA colors, and all he said, I just want to play and enjoy it. If it's my time, it's my time. Yes. Um, but if you have to put it out to the public now, I think time has arrived. It um, has. He's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. On the weekend, he was player of the match again against Scarlets. Um, I, I don't know the last stats, but at one stage, he was, he was the player with the most carries yes. and the most meters made. And, and you know, so... and. Rightfully so. When you speak to him as well, he's very humble as to where he is. He still yes. wants to learn. He knows he's still in the beginning of his of a good career if he if he keeps yeah. his head. And um, yeah, it just shows all the generation, the basics in sport or the basics in the right through was exactly the same. Then I want to ask you about the big one, Mr. Marco Mazzotti. Mm. We were privileged yes, enough to have Mr. Marco yeah. Mazzotti at the rugby club and had a live interview with him. Yeah. He gave us uh, an hour or two out of his schedule yeah. being in South Africa. What a privilege, um, an honor to speak to the man. And um, I think what I took out of, out of that interview is his life motto. Um, when we asked him about his success, he says it's hard work, a bit of luck, and listen to the women in your life. I mean, he, he like he said it as if the last one is what he lives by. Listen to the women in your life. Oh, look, um, I think he's a phenomenal human being. He um, he's such a successful businessman. Um, if you look at, he's obviously part of the Sharks. They had yeah. Saracens um, with his business partners and so forth. But when you see him, you would never say that. No, he's down to not. earth. Um, he doesn't wear fancy clothing and everyone needs to know that he yeah. is M&M, &M, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Um, so ultimately when he spoke to us, when I made contact with him the first time yes. to say we want you on the show, no hesitation at all. Yeah. Um, coming from where he is, I mean, didn't even have anything to do yeah. with rugby, yes, as a, as a partner to the Sharks. Um, and then obviously he's a, he's a toty boy. Through and ah, through, you know, born and bred. So, um, yeah. it's, it was absolutely phenomenal to have him. And we could see how, how um, all his friends and that carry yes. him 
dearly because the night that we actually wanted to speak, we, we battled to get him one side because everyone yes. came down to the club. Yeah, all and his all old schoolmates and everybody wanted man. to chat you know? And what is nice about it, as I said, you know, he mixes obviously with, with higher up, up people with his, where he's connected at, and that's his business. Yeah. But he spoke fondly about school, fondly about going through life, in, in Kaiserin and in, in, in Durban and you know with us as well we we met him that night for the first time physically and mm. it was he made you feel comfortable he talking did. to him you know he did, yet yeah. he's this this icon in 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 Toti specifically because this is where, yeah. he, where he comes from you know and you would never say it I mean if you if you follow him on Facebook and social media as well where he goes and what he does that he's a phenomenal human being then if we can move on to to some of our other guests, we, we, we spoke to some um, uh, club chairman in uh, Magnus Oosthuizen and um, Malcolm Kennedy. I know Malcolm's the, the administrator yes. of uh, Varsity, Varsity College. College. Magnus is the chairman of Richards Bay Rugby Club. And then we also spoke to Dusty Noble. Um, he's the head coach at Crusaders, Crusaders at the yeah. moment. Um, we were fortunate enough to have uh, Sabello and Kozi the president of the DRSU and his vice president, our club president, yep. Dwayne Fulunia. Yes. Um, we were, we had Francois Kutzer, a totally local, that's a, a actor in South film Africa, star. Afrikaans yeah. film star. Yeah. Um, Juno Furi, at the time that we spoke to him, he just retired from the mm -hmm. DRSU. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the list just keeps going on yeah. and on and on. Yeah. And we, we were so fortunate to have all of these people in the studio with us um, talking about their passion for rugby, um, why they do these. I mean, we talk about the DRSU and, and, and club chairman. None of these people get paid to, to do what they do, but yet they give hours and hours and hours sure. of their time to go and, go and do this purely because they love the game of rugby. But if you think about it, you know, especially your bigger schools, um, there's so much drive in your bigger schools to play rugby. It's on television week in and week out, televised live. Yes. When you're going to club rugby or after school, your ne very next step, if you're not contracted on that, is to go to club rugby. So if it isn't for the administrators and the coaching staff to want to give back to rugby or to try and do something in your community, Toti Rugby Club is a community-based club. There aren't many of them, right? But the community gets involved. People want to see club rugby happen. If those kids don't get contracted to go to any of the fran yes. franchises or maybe go overseas, then they are lost for rugby. That also means that provincial rugby will take a back seat because yes. a lot of these guys are late bloomers. Yes. They will yes. possibly yes. then not be Varsity Cup or Varsity Shield because rugby dies. So I think club rugby plays such a vital role in the existence of rugby in South Africa specifically and worldwide, but in yeah. South Africa, you know, if you look at what the Bulls have done um, this year, where they invited all the league winners, Premier Division league winners, yes. to play to come and play in a tournament, tournament. Yes. In, in, in Pretoria this mm -hmm. year, which I believe is going to be an annual one. It's similar to the Easter Festival that used to happen yes. here. So if they don't drive it, then, you know, I don't believe there will be rugby because Jake White himself selected one or two players out of club rugby already to play for the Bulls. You know, yes. so we've done this in in but he, but he does the reverse as well. Oh, he for takes sure. his, his contracted players and he forces them to go and play club rugby sure. if they're not selected 
yeah. for the for the provincial side. So um, for him, club rugby is an absolute. Um, even when he was at the Sharks, even even way yeah, back yeah, when he used to it, do it, definitely. Yeah. So club rugby, um, if I understand you correctly, club rugby is the heartbeat of South African rugby. Most definitely, but not only South African rugby. If you read um, the books from uh, written about the the. All Blacks, All Blacks. Yep. they say exactly the same thing. Yep. Club rugby is your heartbeat, and if you don't nurture that, you're going to lose the game. For sure, but we're now talking senior club rugby. If you look at junior club rugby, yes, from under 6 right through to under 18, right through this country, yes. how many players play there, and that is your feeder system. You know, 100%. your under 18s at club yes. rugby become your under 20s, and so you carry on. So if yes. you're fortunate enough to keep those players you would be successful because it's you like an be. academy on its own, if yeah. it, like a, like a production line. Yeah. And um, I think, I also think a lot of emphasis is placed on club rugby, senior club rugby, let's call yeah. it um, under 20 to seniors, okay? yeah. but I know countrywide we're battling with the under 20s. I think maybe, and I don't know the percentage there, but maybe some of the shift needs to go to junior club rugby, yes. if we can prepare these kids so that they 100%. understand what it's like to play at that level, and there might, yeah. maybe there needs to be more involvement around there. Sure, there must be, but I think club rugby is the heartbeat. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, Mark, like anything in life, like a game of rugby, eighty minutes, <laughs> and then the final whistle blows. Yeah, yeah, sadly. Episode number eighty-five, and unfortunately, our final whistle will blow as well. Um, it's been great doing this. Um, it's it's been memorable as you as you heard. Um, some good interviews, some some solid people that we spoke to, um, that shared with us, that were open and honest, and gave us their their knowledge, um, their wisdom, um, their life um, mottos, and it was phenomenal. Or as Neil Bell said, politically correct version thereof. Ah, <laughs> politically so, correct version. Yeah, no, hundred percent. We've <clears> had we've had some some awesome times. We've had some lots of laughter, lots of it tears, is. lots of hard work. And and let's be open and honest. I think you and I were fortunate enough to sit on this side of the camera. There's many yeah. people behind the scenes. The Price family, um, yeah. Gary, Thurja. Uh, Rowan and obviously Amy that that did some phenomenal work yes. for us and and yeah we thank them as well for this if yeah. it wasn't for them you and I wouldn't have been fortunate no. enough to sit here. Touchline just want to thank Chad Sapphire for the opportunity to to bring rugby to the people and to have these kind of chats and talk to these I don't know um, mammoth people of, of, of the game of rugby and so fortunate and privileged to to have had the opportunity sure. to talk to these guys and 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 get their views i i just can't i don't know i i haven't got words for it it's, it's and you know, been an absolute privilege you know other than sitting here i mean this is where no. it started for you and i yes uh, and this is where it ends for you and i <laughs> um but you know if you if you look at if it wasn't for for touchline and obviously as you said driven by chat sapphire and the phenomenal people behind it you and i wouldn't have had the, the privilege to speak to all these people 
and yes. all over the world by the way and we've yeah. got viewers all over the world not only in in south, south africa, africa. Um, you know we wouldn't have had inside information to what makes many of these guys ticks and i mean you can you can have a look at, at how many we've had we would never have spoken to any of them you know a guy like marco mazotti who would ever have thought that that you and i will sit with correct him. and it's and specifically from a rugby perspective yes you know so that's been amazing while it lasted but it's like winning the world cup so when we walk away yeah uh, it's a i know it, it's it, it's a sad story but um that's a massive achievement and something i will always look back at positively and speak fondly about it as they say been there done that worn the t-shirt yeah. which we have so yeah. this will be hung up probably well, somewhere <laughs> the 20th of july 2020 if you told me that evening that we're going to sit here with our 85th episode i would have said never i it agree with you because happened. i can't imagine myself sitting with you for 85 episodes <laughs> <laughs> nor can i <laughs> so uh, i just i i now understand what your wife goes through no, so. <laughs> so let's blow the final whistle i just want to say thank you to our viewers thank you to our yeah, followers sure. it's been an absolute privilege sitting here and bringing you rugby news and our chats um for 85 episodes um, really a privilege and an honor to have served you and may you have a, a blessed life ahead <laughs> Jeez, that sounds bad, it sounds yes, bad. And, and you know we're still on facebook and whatever so yes. i still keep contact who knows where this might lead us are you going to shed a tear now no i'm not but i'm going to uh -huh. say to you thank you very much for thank everything you, you've done yeah. it was it's a pleasure privilege. at least i'm done with you yeah. now but <laughs> no, <laughs> are you kidding it's always a pleasure chatting with you and and with everyone and Casper said it to all our all our followers out there and and people that listen to us our boring voices week in and week out thank you so much for for everything and and all your well wishes and that over the last two years believe it or yeah. not it's been absolutely phenomenal so thank you very very much a special thank you to gary because he had it in the ear all the time <laughs> none more so than tonight <laughs> To all our viewers, all our listeners, all our followers, thank you very much from myself, Casper Els, and Mark Cameron. Have a great rugby life. Yeah, we salute you. Yes.